Welcome to Intentionally Grounded, sponsored by GoRoute, simplifying scout teams through simple and direct coach-to-player communication. Episode 17 features Mount Union's offensive coordinator, Chris Kappas. Coach outlines the Mount Union offense and shares the teaching points that make it successful. Coach also discusses the keys to Mount Union's passing efficiency, their teaching points for the four-vertical play, and the adjustments they make to their passing game inside the red zone. Coach Kappas' journey to become the offensive coordinator at a national champion is an engaging one, which saw him become a nationally acclaimed defensive coordinator before finally making the switch to offense. Intentionally Grounded is currently enlisting the services of guest bloggers for the upcoming summer months. We would love to share the vast knowledge of our coaching community and be a collection spot for all the coaching and football-related materials. If you'd be interested in writing as a guest post or blogger, contact John or I, and we'd be happy to set something up. Don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our current and previous blog posts and also all our current and previous podcast episodes. Finally, please leave a review on one of our podcasting networks, such as iTunes or Stitcher, and help us share and grow our program with others. Enjoy our latest guest, Coach Chris Kappas. We're here with Chris Kappas, the offensive coordinator of the D3 National Champions Mount from Mount Union. Coach, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, um, grew up uh, grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, played at uh, North Hills High School there, which is a bigger school just north of the city. There, um, coming out of high school, uh, went to went to a D two school, West Liberty State University down in uh, West Virginia. Uh, was recruited by Mount Union though, and, and ended up transferring after my freshman year. Uh, so I played for three years at Mount Union from uh, 05, 06, and 07 were the three seasons I was there. Uh, had a great experience, won two national championships as a uh, sophomore and junior uh, under Coach Larry Karras. Um, from there, uh, when I graduated, I always wanted to get into, into coaching. Uh, got hired right away. Uh, got pretty fortunate with just uh, something coming open right there on the staff at Mount Union. So I was hired as an intern coach and coached the corners for my first two years. And then uh, my third year, I was promoted to, to full-time um, actually moved to coach the defensive line coach coach Larry Karras told me I had to either coach the offensive or defensive line so uh I, I chose the D line and kind of figured it out as I went and, and uh it was, it was actually one of the one of the best things for me that, that opened some doors uh because that next year uh Mount Union guy uh Stan Watson was a uh was a linebackers coach at, at Bowling Green and uh he called and asked me if I'd be interested in a, in a GA position up there and went up there and interviewed and and uh <clears throat> took the GA spot at Bowling Green. Uh, head coach there was uh, Dave Clawson and got to work under uh, Mike Elko, who was the defensive coordinator, and uh, Clark Lee was was the, was the other linebackers coach, um, who's now the defensive coordinator at uh, Notre Dame. And, and Mike Elko has since moved on to Texas A&M as a defensive coordinator. So some really really uh, sharp guys that I got to work with and learn with there. Uh, so I worked with the defensive line, made defensive ends for two years. Um, after that 2012 season, Coach Larry Karras retired. Um, so I, uh, when when Vince Karras, his son, took over, um, he hired me back uh, right away. I was kind of the best best uh, job I you know opportunity that I had coming out coming off of that uh, GA that I had. Um, so I coached the receivers for one year in 2013, and then uh, in 14 I moved back over to defense, took the defense over, and was a defense coordinator in 14, 15, and 16. 
and then uh, this past season, um, moved over to offense and, and uh, called the plays and, as the offensive coordinator and coached the quarterbacks. And uh, here we are now. So I've been kind of able to coach uh, most positions and, and get a view from, from all angles of the game of football. So, Coach, as you're making this switch from the defensive side to the offensive side of the ball, what kind of is going through your mind as you're making this switch? Because, I mean, you had quite a bit of success for those three years as a defensive coordinator and now flipping over to the other side of the ball. What was that like for you? Yeah, I was actually uh, kind of licking my chops. I, I, I had always wanted to be able to call plays. It always been kind of a offensive-minded, I guess. I'd always played defense and everything. I played safety in college uh, and, you know, I had one-year experience coaching offense, but – you know, as you as you coach defense enough, and and uh, you know, seeing all the levels of, of coaching the secondary and coaching the defensive line and everything, uh, I think you know, I, I subconsciously started creating playbooks in my head that you know, man, I hate to defend this play or this play or this formation, and you know, so you take note of that kind of stuff, and and uh, you know, and I would I would always make suggestions to our offense when I was on the defense. Uh, you know, Jeff Dart was the was the off the coordinator when I was when I was on defense, and he and I are, are best friends. And, and uh, so, you know, I'd always make, hey, you got to you got to look at this play that these guys are running against us. This is a tough play to defend, tough formation to defend. So, you know, you, you always kind of um, uh, kind of start building some some ideas in your head. And uh, you know, again, I don't know if, if many people think they're going to get the opportunity to call plays ever, but uh, you know, it was it was kind of uh, it was a fun deal to, to kind of a starting point was well, I, I want to do all this stuff that I hated to defend, um, and uh, you kind of laugh when you talk to some some guys, some opponents in pregame. They're like, man, you can really tell that you were a defensive coordinator uh, beforehand because you know we throw out some stuff every every week that uh, you know kind of takes takes a lot of time to prepare for, and uh, you know it, it, it's it's tough to defend. So it was it, it was fun. It was it was a good. It was a good, smooth transition. You know, I think the, the hardest part was obviously getting kind of into a rhythm of calling plays and, and making sure you're calling the uh, the protection in the, in the play call and everything. You kind of neglect those things. I neglected those things a couple of times throughout the season and calling the plays. But uh, overall, it wasn't too difficult of a transition. It was, it, was, uh, it was fun, though, and a great learning experience. If you had to put on your defensive coordinator hat and kind of analyze the Mount Union offense, what about your offense do you think gives opposing opposing defenses so much trouble? Uh, well, obviously we have great players, and and uh, you know from from you know the outside receivers to the you know to the running back and and the O line that we have, you know it's, it's a you got to pick your poison of what you want to defend, and, and there's some matchup nightmares out there. Um, so obviously that's that's one thing that that uh, you know I had no, really nothing to do with, but. Um, you know, I think we put put a lot of those guys in, in great situations to to be successful, and we understood what what teams were going to try to take away uh, or made in game adjustments of uh, you know to combat what they were trying to take away. Um, you know, from a from a defensive standpoint, schematically, I think uh, you know we we give a lot of the same initial looks, um, and we're very multiple out of the initial looks. Um, and then we use a lot of different personnel groupings, um, you know, that, that take time to prepare for that are, that are different looks. And, and, um, you know, so you got to decide whether you're going to switch personnel with us or, um, you know, or keep your base defense on the field and, and, you know, get some DBs down the box to tackle some heavier formations and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we, we kind of did a little bit of everything. So there's a lot to prepare for, uh, uh, you know, and, and, one thing we I think a lot of people tell you what we did, we threw a deep a lot. So, you know, that'll back some people up and, and uh, open the run game up a little bit too. 
Coach, if you had to describe your scheme that you're running at Mountain Union, what would you describe your scheme as, and then what influenced you into choosing it? Yeah, I would say it's it's uh, it's uh, simple, but it's uh, with simple with a lot of variety. I would I would kind of term it like that. Um, you know, where where a lot of our, our concepts from the past games of the run game, uh, they carry over to different personnel groupings. Um, you know, so so it's a, it might be a completely different play, or you know, for the for the defense based on the formation or the personnel grouping, but it's the same play for our guys, and they've run it a million times. So you know, it, it's not uh, it's not we're, we're certainly not our, asking our guys to to do rocket science. Uh, so it's simple for them; they're gonna they're gonna play fast. But there's a lot of variety involved um, that I think you know gets some people some troubles and, and and can create a little bit of confusion too. This past season, your offense led the nation in scoring and passing efficiency while being second in completion percentage and first downs. What's it been like uh, and what's been the key to your success throwing the football at Mount Union? Um, you know, I think we, we first thing, you know, our quarterback was, was really a very accurate uh, passer with a, you know, with a big time arm. Um, but, you know, we, we played to his strengths. His, his strengths were intermediate to deep throws, very accurate passer, uh, you know, with, could, could run if he needed to, um, but uh, I think we, we put him in some situations where, you know, we we, you know, he knew what looks he was going to get in in the plays that we were calling. Um, you know, if, if we didn't like a play, we you know we would change the play from the sideline. Uh, but you know, I think he understood. Uh, you know, as a defensive guy, I think I, I presented him uh, an understanding of coverages. Um, you know that he might not have have. have seen before you know and he was he was just a sophomore this year so he's still a very young player um so he kind of he knew where to go with the football i think um but a very accurate passer and uh, i think we played to his strengths and, and obviously we had, we had some some really good receivers too that that did a good job getting open what are some of the ways in which you do you know you talked about teaching your quarterback a way to read coverage like he probably wasn't used to what is kind of your way of teaching that way to break down coverage from the quarterback perspective yeah, I mean it's 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 not. Uh, I'm sure we're not reinventing the wheel. You know, I, I uh, kind of went into it trying to teach teach the quarterbacks, um, you know, the way coverages work more than just uh, you know from the offensive side. You know, if if this guy's here, this is the coverage or whatever. You know, obviously you're gonna you're gonna look at the safeties if there's two high or one high, and then you know come down from there and see where the corners are aligned and. And uh, maybe the the outside backer, the same backer to the field, and and uh, what kind of box you have. Um, so there's you know there's always the, obviously the pre-snap alignment of the defense. To it, but um, I think you know I think our guys got got a little bit more insight of of how cover four, you know, palms coverage works, or how cover two actually works. You know what what are the what are what are the vulnerable areas of the field? Um, you know, so so they understood the coverage, and then then you know my my thing was was you know, they, they got to understand why we're doing it too. You know, why are we running this play? You know, and why is it good against cover four and not against cover three or against cover one or, you know, not against cover four. So, um, you know, it's it certainly, certainly I'm sure it's not reinventing the wheel or anything, but, um, you know, just try to try to give them as much of a understanding of the coverage aspect of it as possible. Um, you know, cause I, cause going into it, you know, I'd never coached quarterbacks or really even played quarterback before, but, you know, I, thinking of it I, I, from the outside perspective i kind of thought well you know if i understood what the coverage was 
I could probably go in there and play quarterback and, and know who's going to be open based on the route concept. So uh, that's kind of the way I approached it. And it, it ended up working out pretty good. And, uh, you know, everyone learns differently. But uh, I think uh, D'Angelo, our, our uh, starting quarterback, kind of grasped that, you know, that teaching style pretty good too. Coach, what would you say are some of the staple passing concepts that you run in your offense? And what teaching points would you offer to maximize the efficiency of those concepts? Yeah, so um, – you know, we, we were a big, we were a big inside zone team. And then, uh, you know, we, we had our, our base, our base concepts are our inside zone play action um, with some type of quick throw to one side and then a cross curl flat combination to the backside. Um, we can run that out of two by two or three by one. Um, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's reading the coverage if, if it, it, for the quarterback, if he has a quick access throw to the front side of our play, you know, so it's at the half field of the play, then he can catch the ball and go ahead and just set his feet and throw it. Um, if he doesn't like the look pre-snap, he's going to give a hard fake, look up the crosser, and then work the curl flat backside as, as his progression. So, you know, it's simple, uh, you know, pretty pretty much high school curl flat reads, um, you know, for our guy. But then there's a lot of variety off of it that we can tag to make it look like a, a million different plays. But for the quarterback, you know, it, it's the same read progression over and over and over again. So, you know, that was our probably our starting point. And then we ran a lot of four verticals, um, you know, which is, you know, we're trying to hit hit a hit a player in the seam. Um, if that's not there, then you, you progress right to the drop out to the outside or, the, you know, over top based on a pre-snap read at the corner. And if that's not there, you come back, come back to check it down. So, you know, those were two easy plays that we just continuously drill over and over and over as half-field plays. Uh, in practice, you know, so then once, you know, once you get to team period, um, you know, and then progress into a game where it's 11 on 11, you know, it, it's, it becomes like second nature that they've done it a million times. And it's, it's, uh, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not going through a million different reads. Your pre-snap read is going to give you maybe, you know, two to three uh, options to go through in, in your progression. And coach, going back to talking about your four verts concept, you know, some of the coaches we've talked to so far in the podcast talk about when they run four verts, uh, some of the things that they allow their outside receivers do is to do a route conversion if they can't get over the top by a certain landmark. Um, and then they also talk about some of their quarterbacks and who they're having them read. And a lot of times we hear them talk about which safety they're reading or corner alignment. Is there any tips that you kind of tell your quarterback when kind of going through the process of reading the four vertical play? Yeah. So, uh, we always read the weak side safety um, as a starting point, and it's it's you know is it too high or one high? Is, is the is the is the weak safety on or near the hash, uh, or is he shaded towards the middle of the field? You know, and he he's got to keep his eye on them as as the ball is being snapped. But um, you know, we're always going to tag one player, whether it's an outside guy or an inside guy, that's going to end up being in the scene. Um, you know, so we run some switch verticals and and, and whatnot. Uh, but you know, it, it's going to be a catch, uh, one step kind of gather rhythm throw to the seam. Um, you know, if it, if it stays too high, so if he's that, that inside receiver is going to really try to bend hard into the area, uh, that's open, you know, whether it's around the will backer, if it's the weak side or the, or the sandbacker to the field, uh, we're going to try to hit that, hit that seam on a laser line drive throw. Um, so if it stayed too high and that, you know, that will backer or that Sam is, is really dropping into that scene route, 
then it's an easy read for the quarterback to hitch right into his outside dropout. So, you know, if the player we tagged is on the right, he's going to work from that right side seam to the right side uh, outside route. So if the corner was pressed, that, that receiver is going to go and, and run for di- run forever, and we got to throw it to him over top. If the corner's off, then the, the receiver's got to be able to read that and drop out at 12 yards, um, and which is where the quarterback is usually going to go. And then we're going to replace whoever we tag in the scene. The running back is going to replace that player as the check down. So, um, you know, if the play starts on the right, he's going to stay on the right side. Um, if pre-snap, he gets a one-high look, he can go to any four of those verticals that he wants to uh, to start off with. So if, he, if he's looking at one of the outside guys, he would probably start off with the uh, outside guy if it was press man. If the corner was off, then it would probably be some kind of cover three. So he'd be looking for the for the bender in the seam first and work his seam to drop out to to check down um, on that side. So um, you know it's 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 pretty simple um you know it doesn't change much but the two high to one high thing uh with two high would keep him on a tag receiver one high would let him kind of work whichever side he felt was a better matchup for him I mean, that's great stuff coach I and mean, one of the things that we've struggled with we've wanted to run four verts you know for a couple of years now and we just really haven't had the personnel and the quarterback who's really grasped the concept and our receivers who can actually you know make those kind of adjustments and uh the way that you're kind of speaking through it really kind of made a lot of sense and i'm thinking that hopefully that's going to be a key of us running that a little bit more effectively this year but kind of transitioning um through that here a little bit if we go back and focus now on a little bit your position coaching with the quarterbacks walk us through a typical indie period what are some of the drills that you guys work on yeah um you know, in my mind, you know, coaching the quarterbacks, especially this first year, I wanted them to understand the the concepts and seeing the looks of having defenders and going through the progression. Um, so, you know, I'd say, you know, we get maybe 20 to 30 minutes of Indy every day. So I'd say 15 minutes of that was spent at least uh, with the receivers, you know, working those route concepts and seeing some different reads from the defense. Um, you know, so we did a ton of that. Uh you know, just, just straight individually, uh, we would certainly, you know, get warmed up, but, but work on our throwing mechanics, uh, you know, trying to, trying to stay tall in the pocket, working a lot of footwork stuff, uh, you know, taking a drop, moving to our left or right, uh, escaping the pocket and throwing on the run, you know, at our level in college football, you know, you're, you know, you're recruiting guys that, that probably have a pretty good grasp of, of, uh, you know, playing the quarterback position and have pretty good feet. If, you know, if, if, if they're coming to Mount Union, they're going to play for us. So, you know, my, my, you know, because we wanted to work some of those, some of those concepts so much, you know, our focus wasn't as much on the, the fundamental footwork. Uh, we, you know, we, we did a lot of it um, and, and worked escaping the pocket and throwing on the run uh, more than anything in the footwork aspect of it. Um but, uh, you know, we, we work some, some accuracy drills, you know, moving your feet, getting your feet set, uh, throwing the football, you know, over top of, of uh, uh, what do you call it, kind of like nets that we had set up out there. Uh, if, you, if you kind of imagine like a, a baseball uh, sure. net that would protect like a, you know, a pitcher in batting practice or whatnot, yeah. you know, you try to get some, some touch passes and, and put some people in some receivers in some positions behind it where, you know, the ball's got to get over top with, with some velocity on it. Um, you know, so it, it was more things like that, that, 
that's, uh, you know, putting in positions that are going to be realistic in a game, um, but not as much just straight fundamental drill work, uh, you know, which it was my first time coaching quarterback. So I certainly wasn't an expert in that area. Um, having never played the position or coached the position, you know, I tried to learn as much as I could going into from last spring until this past season. Um, you know, so still, still a student in that area and, and uh, always looking for new drills to, to do with those guys too. And, and that's kind of what we did this spring. Coach, one of the things that my, I myself have coached uh, the quarterbacks before, and one of the things that a lot of times my quarterback struggled with was in the play-action pass game and, and them finding the ability to kind of sell that play fake before kind of getting out into their progression. Is there any tips that you give your quarterbacks for, you know, selling a, a good play-action fake and trying to get that defense to bite? Yeah, um, you know, our, like based off of our base inside zone deal, um, you know, we, we it, it, I think it's, the most important thing for the quarterback to do, especially in our, in our crosser that's going to be behind the inside backers is, you know, you got to lower your level, like you're, like you're handing the ball off, obviously, but your eyes have to be down the field and you have to be ready to throw the football. So um, we weren't as much of a, you know, show the football to, you know, to, to show the play action as much to the linebackers as it was to just lower our level a little bit and kind of ride that fake out as much as we can, but have the ball almost in a position in our hands that we can pop up and throw the football right now to that crosser, um, you know, and that kind of that kind of made it time up a little bit more that our curl was coming open if we didn't like the crosser that was that was you know getting behind the backers that as I as I lowered my level and kind of rode out that fake, you know, and I popped up, I could then hitch right into my curl because it kind of timed up that way, so it took a little bit of time um, for that fake to occur. Uh, but, you know, for that crosser to be open, we had to affect the inside backers uh, to get that guy behind them and, and into, a, into a window. So, um, you know, we, we did run a good, some, a good bit of, of deep pass, uh, you know, full gap protection, uh, a, little bit out of, a little bit from under center and a little bit uh, from shotgun. But that, when we're doing full, you know, eight-man protection, we will show the ball a little bit more and try to give a little bit harder of a fake, knowing that we, we're going to have some time for the protection and be able to, you know, have to give some time for a, for a deep post or a corner route or whatever we're running to, to open up. Sure. And, Coach, how much freedom do you give your quarterbacks to change or alter the play or concept at the line of scrimmage? Um, this year, very little. Uh, there might might have been, you know, one or two plays where we would, uh, you know, we would double call a play. And say, you know, if this is, you know, and, and knowing it's going to be a deep, a deep shot play, um, you know, that, that we had practiced every day, a couple times a day throughout the week, you know, if, if we're going to call this play, you're only running it if you get this look, you know, if that look's not there, then just go ahead and run the second play, which is, you know, go back to a base play. So um, very little, and we had a young quarterback that, you know, we, we, we did a lot on offense, so we didn't want to put too much on his plate. Um, so we really didn't even do a lot of RPO stuff either. You know, we, we wanted to, we wanted to play to his strengths, which was, you know, do some play action stuff and let him throw some intermediate and deep, you know, deep throws. So, um, at, you know, progressing next year as a, you know, as a returning starter guy that has quite a bit of experience and success, you know, I think we'll, we'll look a little bit more into letting him change some plays and, and uh, as he understands the offense a little bit more. Shifting our focus a little bit more to the red zone, uh, what type of passing game concepts do you like to run in the red zone, and maybe what type of formations do you like to run them out of? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think we look at it two ways. Um, one, we're going to, you know, we're going to try to get our one-on-ones outside um, and spread, you know, spread the defense out, uh, you know, because everyone's going to tighten down a little bit. So people are, you know, our, our two outside receivers were, were probably the two best receivers in the country in Division III. Um, you know, so force them to, to cover cover one-on-one outside, you know, whether we go to 21 personnel or uh, 12 personnel or, you know, stay in 11 or 10, um, you know, try to try to take advantage of our matchups outside. And we, you know, we would throw some some fades or you know slants or slant and goes, slant, you know sluggos and stuff like that outside to get get those playmakers the ball in one on one deals. Or we would tighten our formation down a lot, you know, create some some three by one or two by two bunch formations, um, you know, to to make people play a little bit more zone coverage. Um, or if they're going to stay in man and you know then then kind of chase some people and get some rub routes and some. Uh, you know, some crossers going um, down in the red zone. Now kind of switching things back to a little bit more of a holistic um, kind of view of the entire program. What's it been like to coach at a school with a tradition like Mount Union? Um, you know, it's, it, you think, you you know, you, when you take a step back and look at it, you know, I've played here and, and I've been coaching here for most of my coaching career. Um, you know, you don't want to say you take it for granted, but, but you know, the, the, the players that we have are just so special and, and the, the tradition – you know, is so strong and, and the, you know, the culture is so ingrained and set and, and, you know, strong that, that, you know, these guys, you know, from the, you know, a week that they're on campus as freshmen, they've already learned the way they've already bought in 100%. And, and you know, we get guys that, that love football, um, you know, and they're going to, they're going to come out there and compete. And we got, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of players that, that are really, really good players. And we're going to have some depth that, you know, there's, there's very, very, it's very rare that a guy can really feel comfortable. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, you, when you step back and look at it, uh, you appreciate, you really, really appreciate the, the work that our guys do. And you, you appreciate, uh, you know, the attitude and the approach that our players take, uh, you know, and, and there, there's, there's some pressure that comes along with it. You know, you're the, the standard, the expectation is to win every single game. And it's really, really hard to do. Um, you know, I, I think, some guys come to Mount Union because they think it's going to be easy. Uh, that's kind of our MO in recruiting is we try to sell that it's going to be really hard, um, but it's it's very rewarding. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's, it's something, something different every single day, but, but, you know, you, you, you have expectations to play into late December and play for a national championship every single year. Um you know, but uh, when, when you step back and look at it, it's been it's been very special. And, and uh, you know, I can't I can't uh, thank the you know the, the Karis family, Coach Vince and, and Larry enough, uh, you know, for the opportunities they've given me to you know to to, to develop the, the guys that we've had and, and have an impact on this program. And and uh, you know, it's, it's certainly in a in a great position, and, and uh, love what I do here. What does the future have in store for you, Coach? What are some of your future goals, maybe, or maybe is there an ideal position or level you'd eventually like to reach? Yeah, um, you know, you, you, as a as a young coach, you know, you you always think you you want to be the head coach at you know at Alabama or whatnot. Um, you know, for me, I'm 32 now. Um, I think I've been been in it enough and been in a, you know a couple of different levels that. Um, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to enjoy what I do. Um, you know, I want to work for someone that I, that I respect and I trust, 
I want to work with people that I respect and I trust, and I want to work with, you know, student athletes that, that enjoy what they do and they love the game. Um, you know, and that's, you know, kind of describing what I do now and what Mount Union is like, but, um, you know, I, you know, the head coaching thing has, has uh, come up a couple of times with some, you know, some opportunities of interviews and whatnot, just, you know, nothing, nothing that uh, has been the right situation for me and my family. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in no hurry. I got a really, really good place. Uh, you know, I'm in a good place here with, with my family and close to me and my wife's uh, family, where we grew up and everything. Um, you know, it certainly uh, would entertain some, some things that come open, but like I said, it's gotta be the right situation and it's, it's gotta be, gotta be something that I, you know, really, really evaluate and make sure that I know that, that uh, I know what I'm getting into. I know the people that I'm working for, um, you know, and I know that the, you know, the, the kind of lifestyle I'm going to have, because, you know, it, it, there's a lot of money obviously to be made in college football. And that's, you know, that's obviously a life changer when you can, when you can make six figures to, you know, coach football. Um, but, you know, it's been, that can take a toll on your, on your family life. And, and, uh, you know, I think I think happiness is something that's uh, that's a little bit uh, underrated in our profession, and, and I've seen some people that are maybe a little bit miserable with with uh, you know moving their families around the country all all over the place. And, and uh, but uh, we'll see. You know, patience, patience, patience. Certainly not gonna not gonna jump on anything that that certainly is isn't evaluated uh, thoroughly. As we close here, Coach, we have a tradition in which our guests always pick their walk-up song as if they were a, a professional baseball player, a professional wrestler, perhaps, and we use that as our intro music. If you had to pick your walk-up song, what would it be and why? You know what? I'd probably go with uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin entrance music. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was kind of my, my deal growing up. Was I always wanted to be like Stone Cold, and, and uh, I don't know if you ever saw the, the YouTube video that we did a couple of years ago for Halloween. Um, we, we just, the coaching staff dressed up as, as wrestlers. Um, and, uh, I was, I was stone cold for that, for that, uh, the Halloween skit. So, uh, certainly, uh, kind of got the shaved head and, and, uh, uh, kind of stocky look to me. So, uh, kind of be my, that'd be my choice. If you found this podcast helpful, Please take the time to go and leave a review, either on Stitcher or iTunes, and let us know what you think.